Hi, and welcome to another episode of Compose Living with Elsa Elbert. I am your host, Elsa. Today, I'm so happy to be chatting with the founders of Bolden, a skincare brand focused on creating highly effective products that work well for women with melanin-rich skin. Bolden is the brainchild and passion of Chinello and Ndidi, two dynamic co-founders on a mission to help women around the world celebrate their natural beauty. The two originally met as girls at boarding school in Nigeria, but eventually lost touch. Little did they know, their paths would cross again in the future, and they'd wind up becoming not only business partners, but also sisters-in-law. At Bolden, they know that self-love is elusive when the beauty standards, rituals, and needs of women of color aren't honored. I'm so excited to learn about their journey to create Bolden and share this story with you. Thank you both so much for being here. I'm so excited to learn more about your individual stories and, and how you came to found Bolden together. Uh, but maybe you could start by introducing yourselves individually, a little bit about your background, and then share the story with us about how you reconnected, and we'll go from there. So I'm Ndidi. I live in Massachusetts. I'm about 40 minutes outside Boston with my husband and two sons, and Chinelo is my not just my partner, we're actually married to brothers. So she's my sister-in-law. We have a lot in common. We are both raising two boys and um, we attended boarding school together at some point um, for about a year um, back in Africa. And then we reconnected in New York and um, she was we were dating brothers at the time and we went on to marry them. That sounds a little incestuous. <laughs> It does not. I think it's so sweet. Were you and friends in boarding school? Like you remember each other? We were, yeah, we were friendly. Um, not as close as we are now, but uh, we we also both have MBAs, you know, and our husbands are both doctors. So they have a lot wow. in common and they're like right next to, my husband is her husband's immediate elder brother. So they spend a lot of time together. So we ended up going on vacation together a yeah. lot <laughs> and on one of those trips we were out in um key west florida and we were doing our thing walking around the island and we stopped by cvs i think it was cvs or just the pharmacy to pick up um sunscreen and um none of the options worked well for our skin tones you know it just left a white cast yeah and it was not wearable and i think we were just a little surprised you just assume things are happening you know, in the marketplace. And we just talked about it and talked about it. We went back and um, we just pretty much decided to get into this space. We both have MBAs, so we're very business minded, but we are also beauty enthusiasts. Ever since I was a little girl, um, watching my mom get makeup made up for the day um, to go to work as a banker, I've really been interested in the process of skincare. So yeah, so it was a it was a great opportunity for us to come together and build this brand that we now love so much. Um, Chinela, I'll let you take take over from here. <laughs> All right. Thank you uh, for that. So I'm Chinelo, the other half of Bolden. Like Ndidi mentioned, we're friends, but we're also um, sisters-in-law. Um, so we're kind of stuck with each other <laughs> for the foreseeable future. We actually do enjoy each other's company, so that, that really helps. Um, I live in El Paso in the desert, so I surround myself with greenery to trick my mind uh, <laughs> into <laughs> forgetting that I'm in the desert. But I have to say it's really pretty. 
it's very scenic. It's if anyone who hasn't been to El Paso, I think mm. I love living here. Yeah. I have views of the mountain and the desert vegetation is really beautiful. Yeah. I have two sons and then my husband. So mm -hmm. it's a tight knit community here and we really enjoy it. We've always been virtual, remote, Didi and I, because uh, we've lived in different cities. So even though we started the book, we've never actually lived in the same city. So I want to say we were ready for COVID without yeah. knowing. You know, we were already primed um, all of our systems and communication was set up. So as bad as COVID was, we were kind of ready for it. So we started this brand because we saw an opportunity in the market. I was working in finance, looking at spreadsheets all day. I used to be a bond analyst for a ratings agency. So analyzing pricing and credit risk, essentially looking at um, Excel spreadsheets all day. I was lo really looking for a creative outlet where I could feel like I was making a difference in people's lives every day. So even though I was making a, a difference, but it wasn't very tangible. It was it was as if if I didn't exist, you know, somebody else could replace replace me. So when Ndidi and I were on holiday and we, you know, just really frustrated at the inability to find sunscreen that worked for us. Um, you know, we're spending a lot of time walking the island. And, you know, we just realized, oh, you know, we're spending a lot of time in the sun. We probably should use protection. Um, the frustration of purchasing something that didn't work for us, that to me was very telling. And we we consume so much from hair products to skincare to face products. So, you know, we thought, you know, this is obviously a white space that we could participate in. And we're problem solvers. You know, that's what you get when you have a degree. We could solve this problem. So timing-wise, also worked that we were looking to make, both looking to make a change. So we just, you know, delved in to see what the cause of the problem was and what solutions we could offer. And the biggest problem, I think, was it was a blind spot for the industry. Mm. I don't think there was enough diversity in the production. So if you think of who's making the product. Yeah. Um, if you don't know that's a problem, you're not going to find a solution. So it was a wake up call for us to, you know, if the industry doesn't see this as a problem, maybe it's because, you know, they're not aware. So let's be part of a solution. That's really what the motivation has been. So it's really been making products that work for everyone. Like we found that if we make products that work for people with our skin tone, it tends to work really well else. So that's been you know, the big discovery of setting up the brand. And I think one of the most rewarding things we found is when we meet our customers on the road. Oh my God, just the number of hugs. It's like a family reunion. Uh, people feel like they know us personally. They're really invested in, in our journey and the product. It's been the most rewarding endeavor, I have to say. That's so awesome. I love hearing about how your consumers connect with you and connect with the brand. I think for Compose Living, I mean, that's every moment that I have that I'm like, what am I doing? Running a small business is a nightmare. <laughs> then you talk to someone who is so grateful for what you do. And it's mm -hmm. a nice reminder that that's why, that's why we start our own businesses, you know? Yeah. It's not because it's easier. It. It's not because you're going to make more money. It's, you know, those are not usually the driving factors, but mm -hmm. building that community is so special. That's awesome. So was sunscreen where you start, was that your first product or is that sort of just what created the whole idea? 
No, we actually, um, we started out with a line of shea oils. So she think shea butter, but without the, the wax, mm -hmm. so pure oils. Um, it was low hanging fruit for us uh, in the sense that um, a lot of um, people um, love shea butter, but they don't like the smell. You know, mm -hmm. it has that nutty smell nutty. that not mm -hmm. everyone, yeah. And, but they want the benefits. Um, so it was something that we were able to do. And um, we actually source um, from Burkina Faso, West Africa. So it was important for us that we support, you know, the work of the local women's cooperative. So yeah, so we started with that. And then about two, two years later, we, we launched our face line. And that's I was going to say, was gonna say the other thing is um, sunscreen takes a lot of time because it's an FDA it's an FDA regulated product. Yeah. It takes time and it you have to validate and make sure that the claims that you make on the packaging actually uh, deliver. So you'd have to, first of all, formulate, then do a, a validation test to make sure that, you know, it, it says that mm -hmm. you're actually hitting the SPF specification number on the packaging. And then you have to do a compatibility test. Um, so it's it's one of the longer uh, products in terms of production cycle to make. So in the meantime, while we were developing that, it made sense to launch with um, the shea oils. That's awesome. Yeah, I can only imagine. I guess that's one thing I'm very thankful for. There's no like FDA requirements with home organization. <laughs> it's so nice. I feel like there's enough limitations in the world. Yeah, I can't even, I don't have the brain space or any experience in like formulating products and testing and research and development. And so that's incredible that you both took on this wild endeavor. That, that's actually um, the part of the work that we love. You know? Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we, when we get a, a product, we, we have testers that test the product and when we get it to the point where everyone is like, oh my God, this is fantastic. You know, we love it. And we also have definitely loved it before we got to that point and um it's just you just go from an idea to like a physical product that you can hold in your hands Very it's cool. really, and just the process that you know everyone's work you know just to get it to that point it's really it's very gratifying so yeah <laughs> i bet what so now you have your face care line you have the shea oil Yes, we have um, face care, um, shea oil. We started with um, delving into eye eye care. Um, so yeah. we're about to launch our eye cream soon. Nice. <laughs> is that a sneak peek? Yeah, we were we were celebrating how cute the packaging was. Oh, <laughs> fun! Yes, oh it really gosh, is. Beautiful. It really is. It really is exciting. Like. From an idea to, you know, when you get a rendering to sourcing components to filling and actually having a product that is, it's really, really, it's almost like you made something out of thin air. You did. That's exactly right. I mean, I just think that's so cool. Um, it's very creative, you know, and not, there's not many people who have this skill set where not, they can come up with an idea that solves a problem and then actually take all of the steps to bring that into life. You know, uh, my mom, for example, has always been so frustrated because she has these wild ideas for like really cool products that don't exist, mm -hmm. but she has no follow through. Like that's not her strength. 
And then she gets frustrated when she sees like five years later or 10 years later that the product is on the market. And she's like, that was my idea. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't like, it's not enough to have the idea. You then have to either partner with people or do the rest of the million steps that it takes to bring that thing into life. And so I'm just, I'm so impressed uh, at both of you and neither of you coming from a beauty background. uh, So I imagine you know, the education that you undertook to be able to do these things and fine tune them to where you're happy with the results is really extraordinary. I have to say that in high school, my favorite subject, and maybe still to today is chemistry. So I feel very comfortable around, you know, looking at formulations. Okay, that's the ingredient that's doing the heavy lifting. Um, So in as much as we're not trained chemists or formulators, um, but just being comfortable around, you know, the chemical names and, okay, why does this do this? Or, you know, emulsions or how you mix oils and water, you know, to become stable. That's helpful because that world, you know, the the world of chemistry and formulation. And I think because a lot of the names of the ingredients, they use the inky names. So the, you know, sort of like the official names, it's it could be scary. Yeah. So, and that makes the industry prone to um, a lot of trends and misinformation. There's always like a, you know, big bad wolf that we're avoiding. Um, not to say that there aren't ingredients that are harmful, but I want to say to a great extent, um, the chem- the the cosmetics that we use are, you know, pretty safe um, in the country, uh, but. You know, I I have a theory, uh, and that's a conversation for another day around <laughs> around mongering in the in the in the in the sector. Uh, but I well, just want I mean, to yeah, I know. So chemistry is not my strong suit. I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to go to law school and no surprise, like English and reading and logic. All of these classes were my strong suits. And chemistry is the only class I got to see in. <laughs> I did not like chemistry too. So I was a serious person in high school. I was very different. (laughs) I did not care. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure if I did it again now, I would be focused, but definitely not my strength, although I find it wildly fascinating. I love beauty products. I was always the kid, you know, we, I grew up at least in the generation that did not have the internet. And so you had these three month long summer vacations where all you could do was read like 17 magazine. Oh, those magazines. Um, I must too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then it's like you only are getting one magazine a month. So you're like reading mm-hmm. it and rereading it. And then cover to like cover. every homemade skincare or hair care formulation that they put in there. You know, I was like, I will put cold cream on my face and I will, you know, mash an avocado with some lemon juice and then bake outside in the sun. <laughs> Just Yeah. So fun, but I love, I've always loved skincare. I love playing with makeup. It's funny. I think now out of laziness, I've stopped doing a full face of makeup because I don't want to wash it off again at the end of the day. (laughs) Really the only reason I don't do it. I get very excited when we're like going out for a night and I'm like, yes, eyeshadow, lip liner. (laughs) Yeah. But even still, like, I feel like I have, so because of my passion, I try to keep up on trends and new companies coming out and who's doing things that are sustainable with, you know, great plant-based materials or in their packaging or the whole process. 
And then I read the backs of the bottles and I'm like, that doesn't sound healthy and organic. (laughs) This sounds like toxic chemicals. And, but the front is saying it's all natural. I'm like, but these are words I've never heard of. It sounds like a chemistry lab experiment. Yeah. Um, Even like the, you know, chemical name for vitamin C. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Why can't you just say vitamin C? Yeah, we, we've actually done a blog post about that, you know, just not to be so scared of, um, you know, the chemical names of the just reading the list and you're like, what? You yeah. know, this doesn't sound so good. But, you know, some of it is really great, great for you ingredients to just have terrible nice. chemical names. Yeah, there needs to be like a marketing person to rebrand. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think some brands have started doing that. So if there's like a very familiar name. Uh, they would put it and then maybe put the chemical name in brackets. So, you know, when you see ascorbic acid, ascorbic acid is pretty standard. That's vitamin C. But there are different types of vitamin C because vitamin C is notoriously unstable. Mm -hmm. So there's so many things you can do to vitamin C to make it more stable. You can encapsulate it. And when you do that, it takes on a different name. So Mm -hmm. it could be, you know, I think the one we have is tetrahexadecyl ascorbate. Which is a stable form of vitamin C. Uh, but if you're just looking out for vitamin C or maybe ascorbic acid, then you're like, what is this? Yeah. See, yeah, that's so- what I mean. If I'm reading the back of a package and I see vitamin C, I'm like, oh, it's healthy for my skin. But if I see blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah <laughs> with all these like hyphens and a lot of like X's and Y's and Z's in the yeah. spelling, yeah. I'm like, that can't possibly be good for my face. Even shea butter has a very strange, you know, butrospermin packy, something like yes, that. Yes, like, that's the official name. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate it. We have to standardize it so you know exactly what um, molecules, you know, you're using. Yeah. I, I, was say you have, I was going to say you have great skin, so I can see. Me? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Maybe just the camera is doing me some <laughs> I'm very obsessed with sunscreen. I have been my whole life. So I think that plays a big part of it. And I'm also terrified of doing anything permanent to my face. So my whole routine is just (laughs) sunscreen followed by moisturizer. And you are doing, you're doing more than enough. So I think sunscreen has to be the corner of every routine. And I think that was part of the frustration for us. So um, I want to say that, you know, as black women, that's not a big message we hear. We yeah. feel like uh, we have melanin, so it protects us, but it doesn't actually do enough. So we end up not using sunscreen until much later than we need to. And we could definitely benefit you know, from the anti-aging uh, benefits of sunscreen to protecting your skin. Uh, so yes, melanin gives you a little protection, but not nearly enough. Um, yeah. So that's part of the thing that we, part of the big uh, work that we do is educating a community on the importance of wearing because uh, we don't hear it nearly enough. I mean, I think everyone, regardless of the tone of your skin, like if you can prevent against skin cancer, I don't know why you wouldn't. But I get like my mom never believed in sunscreen. She still does not because she's Middle Eastern and she just thought, well, I get very dark in the summer. So obviously, because I'm not burning, then there's no risk. Damage. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so glad that just like as a part of my nature, I am a big a believer in advocating for your own health and well-being. And so I was like, that's fine. Even as like a kid, I was like, cool, you don't have to wear sunscreen, but I definitely am. 
<laughs> and yeah, same. I mean, like I very rarely burn, but also like the other half of my family is Danish and English and they're like mm-hmm. super white, you know, yeah. and they've all had um, malignant forms of skin cancer mm-hmm. removed. And I was like, I don't want to be that one. And then the vanity side of it is like, I don't want premature wrinkles and age spots and sunspots and all this Exactly. And you don't know, that, like, it's not going to show up on your face the day that you get burned. It's like no. 20 years later it's for you. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. so you think, oh, it's fine. I'm going to wear sunscreen when I'm 50, but too late friend. Like you're going to have freckles and things coming up from when you were burned as a teenager. Yeah, exactly. That's and I think that's important. one of the, th- one of the, you know, difficulties with the messaging, just because it's not instant, it would be much easier to s- sell lipstick or foundation where you put it on and you can see, voila, it's like magic. Yeah. Changes mm-hmm. you. I am selling you this that, trust me, wear this, your yourself in 10 years will thank me. Like, yeah. Has, We're like, you don't know, care. So- My face yeah. is so hot right now. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well, good. I'm glad that you're doing the education. I hope that people are listening and paying attention and actually putting sense. Even if you just hit, hit the vanity points, just do your face. Your, you know, neck and chest area, tops of your hands when you're driving. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's the one I always forget to reapply. So now I keep like a little, um, I love mineral sunscreen, but I Mm -hmm. don't understand what skin tone that's made for. Like nobody is actually that shade of white. (laughs) It's white. It's like a piece of, yeah, like the whitest thing. It's really, it's, it's, it's really because of the, Again, the elements you're using, you're using titanium dioxide and zinc oxide. Titanium is even worse. Yeah, It's like very reflective and very white. Um, zinc oxide, we're actually working on a mineral sunscreen and that's taking us, I want to say- A long time. <laughs> a long time. We Quite might be on it. sample number what now? Uh, six? Yeah, double yeah. digits. Yeah, yeah, just because we're just trying to, you know- make sure it's wearable because it's yeah. the sunscreen you'll wear is the one that is wearable you know so 100%. Um, so yeah so that's um we're, we're gonna get it <laughs> we'll yeah as a test um so my younger two stepsons they are extremely pale like you know red hair lots of freckles they do not ever turn they go from white-ish to red and then back to their original (laughs) skin tone. And so, I mean, they're very, they will put on sunscreen because they know now they've learned the hard way that they'll burn if they don't, and they'll never get out of that. This is their life for the rest of their lives. They have to wear sunscreen every day. I want them to be wearing mineral sunscreen, but try convincing a teenager that they need to slather this on their face. And then it looks ridiculous. It's like stuck in your eyebrow hair. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a good look. So we've gone through probably 50 different companies. One, they also only love a spray. And I can't even imagine the complexities of getting, because the mineral sunscreen is so thick. Like, how do you get that to spray out nicely? And then once you do, is it actually going to blend into your skin and not leave that residue? It's like, good luck. (laughs) Yes. And I want to, you know, a lot of people are like, do I use mineral? Do I use um, chemical? And all of the dermatologists I've spoken to really is the advice is use the one that you can commit to using religiously and consistently because the benefit of the daily use outweighs you know whatever incremental um yeah like because if you if you don't enjoy wearing it it's going to be a chore and we yeah you just know how hard it is to commit 
Um, but if you enjoy wearing it, I would not leave the house without wearing sunscreen because I enjoy the process. It's super moisturizing. Um, it just makes me look better. So it's an easy call for me. Um, and that's really what our goal was. Like day one, we realized the sunscreen people will wear religiously is the one that's as easy as their favorite moisturizer. And that's really yeah. what we did. I love um, yeah, we're trying to add options, um, obviously, to meet um, all the segments of the market. But we want to do it right. And we want it to work for our customers. But we're, we're almost there. I can't we're wait excited. to see what, what you come up with, what the final product is. You know I will test it because... <laughs> Yay. I will test every sunscreen that is on the market. <laughs> right. The of finding the one that the kids will be like, yeah, this is cool. I'll put this in my backpack. <laughs> but teenage boys. Mm. Well, and they're and outside skincare. all the time. Our middle one, he's on the football team. And so they're practicing outside after school all summer long. Um, and great, like they have helmets and stuff on, but yeah. really it's instilling in them the lifelong the habit that like mm -hmm. you wake up, you brush your teeth, you put sunscreen on. Exactly. And it's just something you do all the time. Like you're even here, I have to remind them they just went um, snowboarding a couple weekends ago. And it's like, we don't have to put on sunscreen because it's, you know, cold and snowy outside. I'm like, you have to no, put on extra sunscreen extra, now. <laughs> yeah, it's reflecting. <laughs> Obviously, this is something we talk about in my household a lot. <laughs> I love that. I love um, that. But even there, I feel like now they've heard me say it enough times the same thing. Like, I don't care if you use a mineral-based one. I don't care if you use the spray-on one with all the chemicals. Do whatever you're actually going to put on. But also understand, like, how each one of them breaks down differently and how each one of them, like, what length of time do you need to wait until you're so ready again? Yeah. So so yeah. I feel like now they know. I'm like, if you put on the gross goopy one, you're not going to have to reapply as often. And if you put on the spray one, carry that baby with you because yeah. you're respraying every hour on the hour. <laughs> All the convenience. Yeah. So fun. Um, what has been your biggest challenge in getting Bolden off the ground? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to say the sunscreen because when we were formulating, oh, um, so we had formulated this really beautiful product and we had tested it and it worked. And we had, I think someone had done an interview and we had talked about it um, and it, it started going viral. Oh, yes. Um, I remember it was actually going to be featured in Oprah magazine in an, yes, article, it was in an article in Oprah magazine about the benefits of, you know, wearing sunscreen for black people. And then I think, validation came. Yeah, and it wasn't. It, was, it wasn't thirty. <laughs> it was like what was it? It was less. It was like it was I don't know 20, something. 20, it was just. Not I'm like no. We've been saying SPF thirty. Like we have <laughs> to. We have to hit thirty. So we had to make the difficult decision to reformulate. So we had all of this publicity, no product, yeah. and you know we had to tell people sign up on our on our website and we'll. We'll email you when it becomes available. Oh my God, it was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. I did. I like. Are we going to survive this? But I am so happy that we did the right thing. Um, because I think the biggest thing for our brand is just earning the trust. And you know, we we put that ahead of everything. Uh, so we made the difficult call. Didn't launch the year. We ended up launching the next year. Um, by that time, you know, the excitement had waned a little bit. But we, it was very important for us that we launched. Uh, the right product and that it said it was actually providing the, the 
um, the protection that we set. Yeah. So yeah, that was a, that was a, a big lesson. You know, now we don't even remember it, but I remember how, how traumatized <laughs> we were. <laughs> like we were on HuffPo, um, Oprah magazine, and oh. no product. <laughs> that was a bummer. But hopefully, it built some brand awareness. Um, uh, it, it, it that's did. also such a good lesson for all entrepreneurs listening. I'm sure at some point you have gone through or you will go through what feels like the most painful, insurmountable challenge. And eventually there will come a time when you barely remember how horrible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So that's good. I can't. Um, I, at the beginning of every new year, I kind of look back over my journals from previous years and just see like what goals I was setting for myself and what I was struggling with during those times. And so that's still very front of mind for me with us only being in February. And, you know, it's hard. It's hard to be an entrepreneur. We talked a little bit about how difficult it is to be a small business owner, um, Mm -hmm. especially in California right now, before we started recording. (laughs) And it, it can feel very overwhelming. Like I know this past six months for me has felt very overwhelming. We've, I have a terrible habit of taking on more than a human being can reasonably accomplish <laughs> always at the same time. And then once I meet those goals, it feels like now I need to do even more because I've proven that I can. And it's exhausting. I exhaust myself mentally and physically. And I don't love that. It's something that I want to change very much about myself and something that I'm super conscious of and, and working on fixing or changing, not fixing. <laughs> but looking back at like what the goals I had set for myself before, it was like, get 1000 Instagram followers. And I was like, <laughs> if I had a thousand Instagram followers now, I'd be like, what happened? <laughs> or, you know, like I want to book two yeah. clients every week. And mm-hmm. it's just like that excitement. And like that felt so insurmountable to me at the time. And now I'm like, I want to book 20 clients in a week. <laughs> And I will you, you know, yes, um, I guess you. all of that to say, just everybody listening, give yourself a little bit of grace. Yes, <laughs> yes. we are making progress and we don't need to do as much as maybe That's we true. feel like we should. That is true. And, you know, Shinola and I, we're, we're actually the same age <laughs> talking about similarities. So we are both at that middle, middle age where we're raising kids. So you have to be present, right? Um, you have to make time for them which is one thing that we like about what we do now, just offers a lot more flexibility. But then it's really challenging because you're juggling, you know, running a business, like it's become quite, you know, big, (laughs) bigger than where we started. Right. And, um, and then also being present for your family, being present as a wife, being present for your extended family and especially parents that are aging. Yeah. So it's, it feels like you're just being pulled, you know, from all angles and um you know you just have to remember to to take a deep breath and you know learn to prioritize daily tasks if i can not think about six months from now <laughs> yeah it actually works for me and um you know and just um doing your best you don't have to be it doesn't have to be perfect you know um we've learned to go along with things that are not necessarily perfect but it's ready to go. And then we can perfect it as we go along, you know? Yeah. So there's just a lot, a lot of lessons. Being an entrepreneur is not easy. <laughs> I think it is the wildest form of therapy, honestly. 
It's like, it brings to light every single insecurity, every strength, every weakness. You have your best days where you're just really crushing it. You have your worst moments where you're like snapping at people. (laughs) I hear the tone of my voice sometimes and I'm like, take it down a notch. (laughs) Everybody is doing their best, you know? Right. Just and I think like helps. I texted my office manager, Maggie, who I adore. I mean, I love ever. I'm so thankful for everybody who works with Compose Living. They're the sweetest human beings. And also very fortunate that many of them have been with us now for like three years and longer. And I texted her and I was like, I would need to cancel our team meeting today because I'm in such a bad mood. And this is not the energy that I want to bring to this conversation. <laughs> so let's do it another day. Like, that's it. That's all I can offer you. Yeah. So, so I think we get the benefit of being there's two of us. So yes, it's it's I, I I can't think of a time when we're both in a rotten mood. So usually Diddy can tell when I'm off or I try to, you know, cover for like, oh, she's, you know, it's one of those days. Um, but having a partner who you can rely on to step up when you're not 100 has been such a blessing. I, um, I don't think I could have done it without. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm just being honest. Um, I might not have been able to. Um, so, you know, it's good to have, she's a sounding board. And then you start to, you know, even just confide about life. You know, you spend yeah. so much time together, so many hours <laughs> in a day. So she pretty much knows everything that's happening in my life. Yeah. And vice versa. We get to gossip about the family every now and then. So. Yeah, I think that's, you're saying the quiet that. part out loud. Like, that's the secret part. That's okay. I'm sure they know. Let me stop. Um, But even, you know, back to um, how, why it's so important to start. Um, I remember, like, even on my Instagram handle, it says, you know, just start where you are. You know, the start is so important. I think a lot of people uh, just overanalyze, you know, you have analysis paralysis. Like, don't let, you know, the perfect be the enemy of progress. And we sort of leave with that because, oh, like, we need to change this. Like, just put it out in the world and see how it's received. You always have the opportunity to do that. Um, um, So as long as you're comfortable that, you know, this is the idea that I'm put for, don't wait for when it's perfect. Because I want to say it's never going to be perfect. And you wake up three years later and you haven't done any, just been doing analysis, it's marketplace. Meanwhile, the trend that you were trying to get on has come and gone. Um, so it's so important to start and you learn so much from doing. So, you know, don't overanalyze. If there's an idea that you have that you think might be something, you know, put feelers out, start doing something. I'm not saying quit what you're doing and, you know, go on 100%, but there are ways to smartly and strategically see if there's something but it's so important to start i think the start is it's if there's one advice i'll give it's just start and the world is actually more receptive than you would think i remember when more we forgiving right yeah when we first started we were so you know like concerned we're so small like who what filler is gonna want to you know yeah. make a product for us but for us. you know we just met someone that was like hey i like your story you know i like your brand let's do it and we had the best filler actually oh yes (laughs) so yeah you just um you just have to try Uh, more people that are out there wanting to help than you would think so that's very true i think um i've definitely noticed that in building this business 
And it almost seems like you don't even know who it is that you need to come help you. They just sort of appear once you start doing the work. Mm-hmm. And I did something very similar. I was still working uh, as a VP of customer experience for a startup here in Los Angeles uh, for the first two years that I was running Compose Living. And so I would just go home and be like, how do you how do you build a website? And I was like, let's Google it. Okay, here's a company. It looks like it's pretty easy. And then it was like, you know, I didn't do it all in one day. It was like on day one, I figured out like how wide I want the margins to be. <laughs> you know, and I'm the buffer. Like, I don't know. Is there a science to this? Probably. Do I care enough to like research it? No, I'm just gonna be like, oh, looks good. Everything looks straight. No, it's good enough. Brand color, you know, this one's yeah, pretty. It's good enough. Um, yeah, and then yeah. before you know it, you have a website and and a business and a name and and all of these things and and then people show up to you know help or be clients or support you or spread the word or whatever. Exactly. The celebrity Instagram follower I got. I was like. Dancing, <laughs> showing everyone, and my husband's like, "I don't know who that is." Like, How dare you? It's my only celebrity follower. You have to know who they are. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I was telling. I remember telling Didi that I was now best friends with Randy Zuckerberg because we follow each other on Instagram. Like I DM her, and she responds. Like she's literally my best friend. You know. Yep. So from like one proximity, one person away from Mark. So what? We're family, we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Oh, man. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for being a listener and supporting our podcast. To show our appreciation and to help you on your organizational journey, I'd love to invite you to download your free copy of our most popular guide, 30 Days to Clutter-Free Living. This guide will walk you through very simple daily tasks aimed at decluttering your whole home in a systematic, very easy way. Head to ComposedLiving.com to get your free copy today or click the link in our show notes. And now back to the episode. It's so much fun chatting with both of you. I love your energy. I love your passion for what you're doing. It's your whole story is so sweet. I love, you know, the serendipity of knowing each other in childhood and then meeting again as adults and and all of it and now your family it's really a cool story yeah Yeah, it's been it's been a very rewarding journey uh diddy is such a thoughtful caring person um i'm i'm sure that's what all of her (laughs) friends say but yeah like if all you have to do is mention uh anything you're struggling with and she's already thinking wow uh, (laughs) you're a great friend (laughs) that makes a great friend and a great business partner Yes, yes. Chinelo is excellent with numbers. She's a really, she knows how to just like take away all the noise and just, ah, no, this opportunity is not, it's not worth it. (laughs) Like I have to, I'm like, are you sure? Like, she's like, no, this, that, that. So she's really good with, she's excellent with numbers. So I depend on her for that. And, um, and she's like one of my best friends now, just how life happens. You never know. (laughs) Yeah. who becomes so important to you later on in life you know and I'm always curious like will I still know this person 30 years from now because you just there's some people that I barely maybe paid attention to 25 years ago that are like so significant in my daily life now you know it's so yeah. amazing how that happens yeah that's the I was telling well I often tell my husband that we need to have a wedding like every five or ten years and that's really the fastest way to see like 
which friendships Ooh, are standing right? the test of time. Oh. Like who was at our wedding? Who do we still talk to? Still talk and to. who was not there because we didn't know them yet? You know, so it was like, exactly. it's not fair that now like one of my closest friends wasn't at our wedding. Like we need to do it again so that they <laughs> can be a part of it. That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> I mean, like now I have a new brother-in-law and a new sister-in-law. Neither of them were at my wedding. You know, right. that's not right. My nephew wasn't there. We just got to gotta re-up it every couple of years. Yeah. So, but I have, I have a theory about, about wedding renewals. I, I don't know. It's all anecdotal, but when you renew your vow, it's almost like the beginning of the end. Interesting. Yes, because I it's think... It's like a last-ditch effort to try yes, to keep the marriage that's going. that's what it is. <laughs> so it's all like, oh, why don't we do this whole ceremonial thing? But I think it doesn't solve whatever the underlying... Well, I don't want a party. <laughs> I don't need to do anything with vows. I just want to throw a huge party and wear a party. Okay, dress. yes, that, that, that. But for, for it to be around, oh, we want to, you know, recommit. It's not recommit. There was a problem yeah. requiring the recommitment. Mm-hmm. You know what? I agree with you. And honestly, it makes like if someone invited me to a vow renewal, I would feel a little bit awkward. I'd be like, oh, I'd like if it was your wedding, cool. Vow renewal feels a little bit like. You know, you're very into yourself. <laughs> no offense to anyone who has done a power renewal. I was going to say, how many enemies am I making? <laughs> no, but I mean, it does kind of, you know, and I don't have any evidence to back this yeah. up, but it kind of feels like you see them like posted on social media, whatever. And then very shortly after Afterwards. you hear that the couple is separating. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather you did the work because, you know, Marriage, marriage is hard, um, but you know, successful marriages take work. Uh, so if you're not doing the work, but you're a show, yeah, um, no, just a matter of time. Yeah, very true. They are work. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's wonderful work that's easy to do. Sometimes it's a little more complicated. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully, always worthwhile if you go through it. Human beings are just difficult, difficult creatures. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're very complicated, so many ideas and desires and and things we don't even understand about ourselves. It's a wild ride. It always blows my mind to hear people who've been together for like 50 years, 60 years, and you're like, oh, the stories you must have. I know. Um, my brother says that somebody must be giving more than the other, that it's so hard to find um, a marriage that's 50-50. Mm. All so the time. somebody yeah and it could change maybe you know earlier on be, exactly but somebody must be willing to put in a little more um than the than the other mm. and hopefully it's not doesn't stay that way for forever because yeah. that's why how you get dissatisfied but if you're you know there to balance it out you know sometimes it's me sometimes it's him or your other partner it seems more fair that way yeah I think that's um, that really resonates with, you know, in my own marriage, there's definitely times where I feel like I'm doing the mid- not I don't whatever the right phrasing yeah. is here, like <laughs> most uh, more in regards to running a household. Right. There's definitely times where I do more. I get, you know, I buy the groceries, I do meal planning, I do cooking, laundry, um, tidy up the house, all those things. Uh, but in large part, it's because I don't mind doing it when I have the time and I work from home most of the time. 
And, you know, so there's a lot of times where that doesn't feel like a burden to me and I actually enjoy it. And then there are times Chad and I sat at dinner last night and I said, I need you to do everything for the household for the next two weeks. I have no capacity left. So, and he's, you know, he looked at me, he's like, fine, but then you have to let me do it. Exactly. (laughs) He was like, I will just watch me. (laughs) So I was like, as long as every meal has a vegetable, (laughs) fine. That's the thing. Yeah. I think that's critical. Like you have to let him do it. Right. (laughs) Because he might not do it the way you would do it, but you have to let him do it. Yeah. He definitely won't do it the way I would do it, you know, and that's totally fine. I mean, our laundry basket is still sitting downstairs. It's been there for four days. So now we just have to throw our laundry on the floor upstairs and I'm just like waiting it out. Take it however you you get it first. Who's going to bring this thing back upstairs? Uh, now I'm just going to do it because I said it, um, it'd be really petty to leave it after confessing <laughs> that I've been watching it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do love, I like that we have that openness in our relationship where it can go back and forth. Like right now he has at least more emotional capacity to handle running our household and he's willing to step in and do that. And I need to shift focus and get some very large projects off of my plate so that I can feel the the levels of, of stress and time and all of those things come back down to a healthy level. Yeah. Um, I, so have, nice to have I, I have a love-hate relationship with emotional um, labor. So I grew up in a big household. I have five other siblings. So there was three girls and three boys. My dad was pretty traditional. Um, so the girls, in his mind did the work in the house and the boys did the work outside of the house. But it occurred to me very early that the work in the house was very frequent and very repetitive. Mm-hmm. So there's three meals a day, there's dishes, there's bathroom to clean, there's, there's um, dusting, there's sweeping. And then the work outside, wash the car. What is that? You, don't, you don't do that <laughs> every day. Yeah. <laughs> mow the lawn. You don't do that every day. Like, that doesn't seem fair because it felt like I was constantly having a chore to and my siblings who were available were like, oh yeah, I'll get to my work on Saturday. Like, huh. So yeah. you're like, so but I also still have to cook on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> There's just too many meals. And you know, just as you're getting done with one and putting away a dish, it's time for the next. It's it and that's why I don't do holidays at home anymore. Oh, that's so smart. <laughs> yeah, because I was creating all the magic and then I ended up being exhausted. So for a couple of years, it was fun, but it then became really, you know, I was getting anxious around ugh, all the meal prep, making sure everyone's um, situated, that I wasn't really looking forward to the holidays. And that's sad that yeah. I wouldn't look forward to maybe Christmas or even Thanksgiving because I'm thinking of the work involved with having that so we just decided you know what we're just gonna go away and we all show up and I get to enjoy the holiday again so that's my little thing so I think the last three years we haven't spent Christmas at home I miss it now yeah I will have a Christmas tree but I don't miss the labor of making that Christmas magic I wonder if I should try that I end every holiday season with like, I don't feel like I got to enjoy the holidays at all, you know? And it's, I'm just so tired of saying that every year and it's my favorite time of year, but I feel like I'm just always waiting for that magic to be there and it doesn't come. 
Like this year we had 22 people in our house. Our dishwasher broke two days before they got here. We're cooking, you know, and they're staying overnight, some of them for many nights. So it's not just one big meal you're cooking. It's like 14 meals for 20 people. And as much as other people try to help out, it's like it doesn't eliminate that burden. Yeah. Yeah. And then going back to, I mean, Chad would do anything around the house that I asked him to do. That's never the problem. It's for me, like the emotional chore list, like that never goes away. The mental load. That's yeah, the mental load. And that's probably the thing that we bicker about more commonly than anything else is he's like, of course I can get groceries. Like, you know, I'm a capable human being. I'm like, yeah, but the thing is like, I think about getting groceries every day like every <laughs> meal i am worried about feeding our family i'm worried about their nutrition like i'm worried about all these yeah. things so at yeah. that point it's like i don't even really care if you go get the groceries because i've spent so much time thinking. thinking about doing it it's and that mental load that. yeah it, it, it is it is yeah i think for me the only thing about christmas traveling is i don't like to travel during christmas because the airports so are just it's so such a mess crazy. and you end up getting sick, you know, <laughs> just, um, <laughs> just seems to be like a lot of germs and everyone is sick. When you come back, you come back like with something. Chinelo, I think you came back with something. Right, I did. <laughs> not only that, not only that, it took how many days to come back. So we had just gone to um, Cancun. We went to Isla Mujeres. It's like an island. Uh-huh. Right? So coming back, um, we got on the flight and there was so much traffic. First of all, the airport was crowded, so much so that the Wi-Fi was jammed. So you didn't have any service. You couldn't do anything on your phone. So we got on and then it was just so many people. I've never seen so many people in that airport. Then we got in the plane because there were so many flights. It took so long for us to take off that the pilots timed out. I didn't even know that was a thing. It is a thing. So we were literally, we had been sitting, waiting to take off, and we had to go back. So there I was trying to get on another flight. I had booked us on another flight. But the process of getting back, you have to go through customs again. We wouldn't have made it. So we had to spend the next an extra night. So we took off the next day, flew to Phoenix. Then our connection flight got canceled again. So I spent one extra night. I spent an extra night in Cancun and then I spent an extra night in Phoenix and it was, I think I was just so grateful that it was around the holidays and we had baked in a few extra days to just get yeah. ready for the year. But yeah, two extra nights just getting home. So um, holiday travel. Yeah. It's not the best. Not for the faint hearted. <laughs> and even though like that sounds like on the surface, like, oh, great. You had to spend an extra night in Mexico and then you had a night. <laughs> But like, that's also expensive. And when you're traveling with your family, family, not anticipating extra costs and extra flights and extra hotel rooms and all the meals. (laughs) All right. Well, now I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) I can't travel. I can't stay home. Drive somewhere. Drive somewhere. Yeah, maybe that. If you can avoid. So we also like, we don't always fly. Like sometimes we go to like San Diego and mm-hmm. where we're, yeah, we could do that because then you're in control of the trip when you leave, when you yeah get back. That's I also enough. love train travel. And from here, <sighs> you know, Los Angeles, you can take the train up to Santa Barbara. You can mm. go up to like uh, really up the whole Pacific coast. You can. Yeah. Uh, 
That could be fun too. Maybe go find somewhere that has some snow. I wish our trains could be as elevated as the European trains or the Japanese ones. (laughs) It's such a like romantic way to travel. You know, you see like the old movies and these beautiful sleeper cars and it's so civilized and Mm -hmm. you just picture everyone all like fancy on a train car drinking champagne. Yes. Then you go and you're like, it's basically a bus on (laughs) not fancy at all. (laughs) You know what I'm looking forward to this spring break is taking the bullet train and uh, in Tokyo. Oh, cool. That that would be my first time. Yeah, I've never been to Tokyo. Uh, If it's as fast as they say, or if it feels. 15 minutes. That's what I hear. 15 minutes to go from where to where? Um, From Tokyo to Osaka, I think. Yeah, from Tokyo, that's 15 minutes, something like that, yeah. That's what I'm looking for. And I hear that it's so punctual. Yeah. So it's not like the New York subway. I used to live in New York. I've never heard anyone say anything bad about visiting Japan. Everybody who goes loves it. Yeah, Mm. it's super clean. I've transited through. This has been my first time actually going in. I've transited through. And even the airport, like the food in the airport was so good. The bathrooms were sparkling. Mm. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. They don't have as many people as America. (laughs) It's like how many times the the population. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We've got we've actually gotten to travel quite a bit for for Bolden. I know we went to Seoul. Seoul was very good. And when we went to Hong Kong, the trains in Hong Kong are so packed. Remember when we were trying? It was like a trade show we went to. Oh, it's going to be worse in, in Japan. So be ready for that if you take the local subway. Like, I, I've seen videos where you get pushed in and get pushed in and get Nobody's pushed in. Nobody's pushing me. You have to. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's vacation, so we won't, we'll avoid rush hour. We won't. We won't okay. People are coming from work. No. I'm, not, I'm not getting into one of those. <laughs> it's not ah. that serious. I can't wait to hear about it. We're thinking about taking uh, taking our younger two to Japan over the Thanksgiving school break. Ooh, None of us have been. Uh, my brother just came back. He loved it. Oh, uh, yeah. Gave us exactly. so many fun recommendations for teenagers and things that mm-hmm. they would love. And so we'll see. I'm like watching the flights. Um, it's just the biggest price swing I've ever seen on flights where one day they're like $3,000 for everyone. And then the mm-hmm. next day it's like $10,000. I'm like, Let's do you do the on. Google flight tracking? Yeah. So every day I'm getting an alert and I'm just yeah. going to wait for it to go back down. <laughs> then we're booking right now. No questions. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how we did it too. Yeah. Cool. Oh, there's an airline. Did you talk? There's an airline that leaves from LA. It's a new, um, it goes Zip straight Air. to Japan. Zip line. Oh, Zip I don't know. Really? It. Zip Air. Zip, Zip Air. Air. Sorry. Zip Air. Zip it's Air. a subsidiary. It's, yeah. It's a subsidiary of um, Japan Airlines. Yeah. Okay. It just yeah, it only goes to like five destinations or so in the world. Great. So it it has really like good tickets. <laughs> um, I'm gonna check it out today. Add another yeah. flight tracker. <laughs> I don't know if it's on flight tracker. How did we get it? Because I, I was tracking it for a while. Yeah, it may not be. You may have to just check out their site. Yeah. Zip mm-hmm. zip air. Yeah, zip All right. Air. I'm on yeah. it. Thanks for the tip. You at Bolden have a great promo happening for the month of February, Black History Month. Yes. How yes, can people, we're well, first of all, what is it? And how can people find you? Oh, so we're celebrating um, all things Black beauty, Black futures, Black culture this month. And we're offering 20% off 
all site wide. So check us out. Goldenusa.com. Amazing. <laughs> that part, goldenusa.com. And we're also available in a thousand five hundred Walmart stores. Um, we have our best selling items, um, sunscreen, cleanser, toner, and uh, dark spot fix for hyperpigmentation. Cool. That's awesome. So pop in if there's a Walmart around you and that's where you normally shop. You can see Bolden in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're like me and you don't want to leave your house ever. Amazon. <laughs> from the comfort of your own oh, home. Oh yeah, I forgot. We're also, we're also on Amazon. Follow us on Bolden USA on Instagram. We have fun content. That's so awesome. Thank you both Thank for you so creating much. this company, for the education that you do for being creative enough to see a gap in the market and then do all the hard work of, you know, doing something to fix that. I think it's so awesome. Oh, thanks for such an amazing conversation. Yeah, I, haven't had this, I haven't enjoyed myself. I know. <laughs> wow. Just talking. We could go on. I forgot. <laughs> but that's great. That's how happiness. you know, you know. I love what you two are doing. I think it's, you're both so easy to talk to. And I really enjoyed this conversation and meeting you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for being a listener and supporting our podcast. To show our appreciation and to help you on your organizational journey, I'd love to invite you to download your free copy of our most popular guide, 30 Days to Clutter-Free Living. This guide will walk you through very simple daily tasks aimed at decluttering your whole home in a systematic, very easy way. Head to ComposedLiving.com to get your free copy today or click the link in our show notes. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends and family and be sure to hit that subscribe button. Bonus points if you leave us a review, particularly a good one. And to stay up to date with all things Composed Living, follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our newsletter. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for being with me on this journey.